1: that this game has always been and will always be about buckets.
0: Just attack the basket.
2: Buckets brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sports books. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined as from by a whole host, a cadre, a plethora of Action Network hosts here on Buckets to give you. Our NBA 2023-24 Season Awards Futures Best Bets. Everything that we talk about can be found and tracked in the Action Network app. We'll be able to find those if you just follow the various people that we've got coming on today's show. And we'll start with Brandon Anderson, NBA Futures Analyst. Got to start with Brandon because he's got the sharpest, the best, uh, and the most inventive ways to bet these awards. So, Brandon, let's go through it. Give me your Season Awards Best Bets. What do you want to start with?
0: got to start with my absolute favorite preseason awards bet on the board, and that is still Jaron Jackson Jr., Defensive Player of the Year, plus 600. So I'll quickly run through the rules. You can listen to the long version of all my awards bets, because we've done the podcast on these. It's a team award for Defensive Player of the Year. Every DPOI since 2008 has played on a top five D rating. All but three have been in a top three defense. Memphis is my number one defense. So we're, we're already off to a good start. Reputation is king with Defensive Player of the Year. Every every winner this century has had previous votes for the award. Eighteen of twenty-one have had first-place votes. Thirteen of fifteen made All Defense the year before. Check and check for Jaron Jackson because he won last year, and we love repeat winners. Forty-one DPOIs all time. Twenty-six of those have gone to the same ten dudes. So once somebody wins, we just keep giving it to them. This is kind of how defensive awards work in a lot of sports, actually. So we've had. Nine back-to-back winners. We know we like big men here. Thirty of the last thirty-five winners love Memphis. You and I, Matt, have done Memphis over and over and over again. Love them for defense. They added Marcus Smart. I think the defense will be even better early while Jaw is out for obvious reason. Jackson led the league in blocks two years ago, then led it even more last year. And with defense, I just like to bet the favorite usually, or at least one of the favorites. That's who usually wins these awards for me. I would make Jackson at least 25% to win the award. So that would put him at plus 300 or something even shorter than that. We're getting 600. So double the value here. It's my favorite awards bet of the season. Okay. Um, this is always tough for me.
2: When you say something that I, I vehemently disagree with. Because I don't like being on the other side from you. It's not <laughs> make me feel comfortable and good about myself. Um, so you're, what probably is going to happen is you're going to get this. So what happened with Jaron last year is you're going to get the best of the number and I'm going to bet it at some point. And still so, like, I'm going to I'm going to cash on it, but you're going to have gotten the best number. Um, I just continue to believe like, look, you got Marcus smart on the team. I think it's going to make it a little bit harder. I think Jaron's going to have to pick up some of the offense. I think that takes away from a little bit. I think he got team USA stuff. I think there's going to be such an eye on his rebounding. I think that's a bias. It's unfair. It's like a very Black Swan type of event, but I do think it's going to be a thing where people are going to be like, "Mm, no, no, he didn't rebound enough Um, after Team USA's whole thing. So I don't love this bet. It's entirely possible he wins. You've gotten a great number on it. Um, I'm not going to tell you, and then I'll just regret it not telling you earlier. And That's (laughs) that's my lot in life. What is your next season award bet?
0: All right, let's go to MVP, and I'm just going to give out my one favorite MVP bet right now. The one number I think you have to get right now is Jason Tatum at plus 900. MVP checklist, what am I looking for? Age 24 to 28. You and I have both talked how important that age range is. Joel Embiid is 29. Giannis and Jokic both turned 29 this year. We talked at length in the MVP episodes, plural, why we think that trio is maybe aging out of this MVP conversation. Beyond the age group, you need 25 points a game. Check for Tatum. You need probably a top two seed. Not always in recent years, but hopefully somebody that's going to play a lot. Tatum checks all the boxes. 14 of the last 15 MVPs hit all but one of those four things I just said. Nine out of the 15 hit all of them. Tatum's going to hit all those. He's on a great team. I think really this is just a traditional MVP argument. This is the best player on the best team. And I know we don't always do that anymore. We sure as heck did not do it last year. And that kind of makes me like it even better this year because I think that there are some folks who might like to change their vote or do it over again and might be like, you know what? I have an idea. What if we give the MVP to the best team this year? And I think the best team is the Celtics. I actually like this bet even more than I did when we did the podcast because since then they've added your holiday and the team is even better. And I like them even more now. The defense gets even better drew maybe comes off the bench i don't know if that's happening or not but if so tatum probably gets more time on the ball no smart there now as well uh it's just a clear best player best team case now the one caveat here that you and i don't love about him about tatum is by like the bpms and epms he doesn't quite stack up like is he mvp caliber I can honestly say that I don't think that he is. I don't need to think he is for this bet to cash. Voters have to. For me, I could be right and he wins MVP. But I think even if I'm wrong, I still think Tatum is a top three guy who's gonna be like in the running and on the ballots all year on the best team in the league. And even if it's just that, it's a must add to a portfolio the way you and I do MVP portfolios at nine to one. Like That number is gonna only get shorter He's going to be right there. The Celtics are going to be at the top of the standings all year. So Tatum, to me, is the guy you got to grab right now. On the MVP podcast, I did Tatum and Luka. That's my two picks. Luka, 6-1. to one. A lot of bad stuff happening to the Mavs right now. Luka may not be healthy. I'm not necessarily off the pick, but I think that you might be able to get that number better later. You're not going to get the Tatum number better later. I think this is the time to get it. So he's my MVP pick, 9-1. to one.
2: Let me ask you this. You said that you don't think that he's an MVP caliber player. I mean, you obviously... <laughs> yeah, really- I, I
0: can't wait to cash this bet and then have like all the Celtics fans slander me anyways for, yeah. for that soundbite. Yeah. So, you,
2: I mean, you answered this in the fact of what part of your justification was he's, him finishing top three. If you think a player is going to finish top three, should you bet it now? Like, is that just like you're looking at the board and you're planning on adding later and you're just like this guy, I think, finishes top three. Should you bet that? Like, is that enough of a reason to bet a guy?
0: You, sh- it's enough of a reason to bet a guy at plus nine hundred. Okay, it's not enough of a reason to bet. I-, I didn't even look, but I think what's Jokic something like plus four fifty somewhere yeah. in that range. Or, mm-hmm. I-, I think Jokic is also like if if you said right now name your top three MVP, I'd say it's Tatum, it's Jokic, and it's one other guy. And I, I, I honestly think the one other guy might end up being the winner at the end of the day. And we don't necessarily know who that is yet. I feel like we're in kind of a transitional MVP season, perhaps. But I think Jokic is sort of the default answer. I think Tatum is becoming the default answer by being best player, best team. Jokic is half the price, though. So I do not think you need to bet Jokic right now just because you think he's top three. The odds are too short. And frankly, I think that, you know, they usually start the season a little slower. Jokic, especially, as numbers are down October, November. I wouldn't bet that right now. It's a no bet for me. Maybe later. T- Maybe later I'll be adding Jokic to the portfolio, Like, So we'll, we'll be there again at some point. Tatum, if you, are, if you want to make one MVP bet all year and it has to cash for you, I'm fine with that not being Tatum. I can't honestly tell you that that would be my pick. I probably would pick Luka if I had to just pick one guy. But if you're doing portfolio at all and you think these top three, yes, right now you need to add Jason Tatum at nine to one. Okay, what's your third NBA future award? <clears throat> yeah, I've just got two others here, a little bit longer shots, but they are time-sensitive bets that you want to get in now if you like it. So one of those is Tyrese Maxey, most improved player. I see a plus 1,600 right now, but the number is dropping, and I think it could drop really day by day this week because this is a bet on James Harden stuff going sideways in Philadelphia. And boy, do I like to bet on James Harden stuff going sideways. Most improved player, you're looking for a young player, age 22 to 25, entering fourth or fifth season, prime to jump into all-star, all-NBA status, we need a scoring jump, we need playoffs, Tyrus Maxey checks all the boxes for me. If James Harden is out of the picture, because if he's not, I don't know if there's enough usage to go around enough points with Harden and Embiid there, but if Harden is out of the way, either because he's just not playing and they haven't traded him, or they have traded him. For the Terrence Mann poo-poo platter of didn't add anything to the team, Terrence Mann's not going to affect my usage or scoring or what's available for Maxie in any reasonable way. So Maxie's at 20 points a game last year. Could he get to 27 a game? Could he make the all-star team? Could he be all-NBA voting caliber? Absolutely. I love this dude. I think that he can make the leap. He was at 23 points a game last October, November before the injury. Started to fall off from there. To me, this is a bet now or never situation because he already is dropping. I see a plus seven, 700 as a co-favorite cool at one book right now. Wow. So you got to shop around in this one for sure. If Harden got traded, even b- maybe by the time you listen to this, Harden is off the team. Maxi would be not just my favorite here. He would be like my favorite with a bullet. Like I would put him at like a plus 300 because I haven't loved anyone else for this award, and he really is a bullseye for me if Harden is, is off. So this to me is a bet on if Harden stays and plays, I don't think I'll like it. Man. So I'm betting on Harden getting out of here. And that's part of what I'm factoring into the price here. Maxi 16 to 1 must improved. You're talking me into it again. I did this last year. I lost a lot of money on
2: Maxi last year. Six man and MIP. I don't want to do this again. And you're talking me into it again. Damn it. Uh okay. Uh, I'm going to have to chew on that one before the season starts. I think, look, I will tell you that based off of your reasoning, I, I firmly believe Harden won't be there very long. Like, I just don't think it. Agreed. I I think he'll get moved. One thing I, I would tell you to be concerned about is the possibility of somebody else getting more desperate and trading a high volume, high usage substar. Sure. Possible. And, and then that hurts, right? Like, there are outcomes here. It's not like Harden stays and the bet is dead or Harden gets moved and the bet's going to run. It's like, It's not binary.
0: It could could be. We talked about like, what if it's Levine or DeRozan or yeah, again, not unsourced, but just like, what if it's a player like that, that comes in now? I I don't think the bet is dead for me, but I certainly would like it less in that scenario. So I'm betting on effectively. If I say he's plus 300, if Harden just like disappears off of the team. So I'm getting a 25% chance he wins there. I might even make it a little higher than that, but now divided by what percent chance, did I think that we get the good situation for Maxi, and th- I have to get to at 16 to one, I have to get to whatever that number is like 6% or something. I-, I like the math in my favor of the trade, not making this team have a different version of Harden on the team, but that's definitely the bet you're making here. All right. What's your last one? Last one. You and I talked about this. I know I don't have to talk you into this one. Drew Holiday, six man of the year is 25 to one at some books he's not even on the books in some places I have an article up but actually we're talking about this bet this on saturday at 75 to one so keep an eye out you might not need to grab this right away because if he's not even up at your book yet who knows where that number might open at it will probably drop quickly honestly i think this is just straight up a bet on will drew holiday come off the bench and i don't know if he will but if he does what do we want for six man? A high score and a winning team. All right, I don't need to make the case. Like, Drew Holiday is going to score points. He has averaged 17, or sorry, average winner here is 17.8 points last decade. Holiday's been 19 or higher in whatever years in a row. You need a winning team. The Celtics are going to win. That's easy. Again, I don't really love a candidate here. There was a few years ago, like, Tyler Hero was just the obvious winner right away. I'm not sure there is that this year. If you look at the odds, Quickly, Norman Powell, okay, mainstays from last year. Malcolm Brogdon, who won last year, is third or fourth favorite. He's at Portland, I don't know if he'll stay there. Malcolm Brogdon's case is Drew Holiday, but Drew Holiday is better in that role on the Celtics if he plays off the bench. Fourth favorite or first favorite at some books, Derek White. Derek White's case is Drew Holiday's case if Derek White starts and Drew Holiday comes off the bench. Will he come off the bench? I don't know. I wouldn't do it personally, but Zach Lowe's talked about it as a possibility. Boston reporters have talked about the possibility. And again, for me is, if he qualifies, I would genuinely probably take Holiday against the field. Everett loves him. They love to give him an award. The numbers are going to be there. Production will be there. If he comes off the bench regularly enough to win this, you just got to do that in over half your appearances. I'd probably take him against the field. So 25 to 1, I just have to decide, is there a 4% chance that he comes off the bench? There's a little bit of smoke. I'll take the chance.
2: These galaxy brain bets of yours, the the ratio, like their degree of hitting, infuriates me. Like there's zero reason why this should happen. Like (laughs) I like Derek White, I do. I think he's really good. I have him. Like he was left off of the ESPN top 100. I had him like 53rd. I Drew Holiday's got to start. Like you can't not. Like what? What is this conversation? Like it's like you traded. You traded for Drew Holiday. What are you doing? A lot. They traded a lot for him. I know, but uh, I, look, I, I've tailed him. I tailed Brandon. I was like, it's going to move. If, if he's right, it's
0: a massive hit. So let me ask you this. If, if news broke right now in this moment, Celtics announced Drew Holiday will come off the bench this season. Like that's not going to happen. That's not how NBA teams operate. But if that did happen, what would you make this number? Plus 350. Yeah, I was going to say like three, four hundred is about Mm -hmm. what came to mind. Yeah, it's still going to be like it's it's
2: not going to. I don't think he's going to be a favorite um, or he's not going to be an odds on. Right. Um, There's too much that has to go.
0: Right. No, no. But could he be like three weeks into the season? I think he could be. He could be. But also I I, one thing I think I will say this is a general statement.
2: I'm a little worried that you are having trouble adapting to how old some of the players that have been in the prime for during your career (laughs) are getting like Your your Steph Love and Drew Holiday and I'm like Brandon these dudes are are like the the sunset is in the distance like you can that's true
0: true. so that's a hey you know what would be really helpful for a guy who's a little old bring him off the bench
2: (laughs) that's Brandon Anderson and his four NBA award future bets you can follow him in the Action Network app at Wheaton Brando and on Twitter Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices All right, up next, I got the Jays with me. I got Joe Dalera and Jim Turvey. Who you'll be able to catch with me, by the way, this season. They'll be doing our Sunday night into Monday weekend recap and futures episode. These guys are two of the absolute sharpest guys I know on futures plays. I found out that like half of the shit that Brandon brings into these into these episodes are things that he is like workshop with Jim and Joe in these group chats that I'm not in, and I'm not hurt by it at all. I'm not offended. It's fine. Not hurt, but uh, doing an entire Futures episode now so that Brandon can miss out on it while he's doing football. So suck on that egg. Uh, All right. This is obviously we're doing our awards best bets. Awards a huge part of our coverage here at Action Network. Jim Turvey, let's start with you. What's your NBA awards Futures best bets? It's funny that you just mentioned Brandon and him workshopping stuff
3: because... My first two I'm going to shout are ones that I am agreeing with Brandon from his I- ideas. So that that is that definitely is not a one-way street. So uh, I'll just say that. Right, the, goal, the, goal Co- here,
2: the goal here is for you to do your synopsis in one half the time that Brandon's going to do his version of this bet. And so that's your job. Yeah, challenge. that's not
3: hard. So uh, Scoot <laughs> Henderson, Rookie of the Year. Uh, again, I'm literally just going to rely on that long, long, awesome episode you guys did for that. Rick Carlisle coach of the year, I'll, I'll add a tiny bit more because I don't think that one's has been covered as in depth, but um, very high on the Pacers, very high on their ceiling. Um, if Halliburton stays healthy the whole season, I think they really could be in the mid 40s. I think that's the exact kind of jump you need from a coach win total to, to get him in this race. I also think Halliburton has like a decent shout as the smartest player in the league. And I think there's a lot of times if you have a smart player that kind of like people like absorb like, oh, that's a smart coach as well, even though like, Honestly, it, it's Halliburton like doing a lot of the, the smart stuff out there. I think it reflects well on Carlisle. So I think that's kind of an added bonus to that is he gets the smartest player in the league to work with. Um, I think that's only only helps his case. So um, love those two. Um, but the one that hasn't been talked about and, and one of my favorite um, preseason bets, the clutch player of the year. You know, we get to see this debut this season. Um, and I think there is a wildly mispriced player out there. DeMar DeRozan is 30 to one and he's like, 20th down the list you have to really go down there this is again this award i feel like is going to be called the demar Derozan clutch player because he's never going to win a ring he's never going to win a title but man the league loves him and would want to give him an award just like this because he does he has high usage in those clutch minutes last season he was tied for third for <laughs> field goal attempts in in clutch time um he's just like the guy who was like hoopers love demar Derozan, and and this feels like the award that again not to be patronizing, but to be incredibly patronizing. He is not going to win the things that truly, truly matter. So I think this award is perfect for him. Seems like a great guy. Uh, I think you know any of these awards that are voted on popularity or like how you interact with the media does matter. I think he's he's very well respected in that sense. Um, Thirty to one is is crazy for me. I, it's hard to cap this
2: this uh, award because we don't know. But I, I love that number. I'm sorry. I just want to make clear on this. Did you just? But he's got a great personality, Demar Derozan. Is that what you did here? I did
3: I did I did?
2: You just, you just you just basically did the oh, but she's got a great personality. Like that, he she. We're, we're not gender biased here. He she has a great oh, but they're, they're such a nice they're such a nice girl slash guy. That's what you just did with Demar Derozan. Which listen, I'm if he gets gonna, in the clutch player of the year award, I'm I'm here for but, it. Look, I. I'm not going to judge you because I've interviewed DeMar before and I think DeMar is one of the best people in the league and I still once to refer to him as Costco Kobe. So yep. yeah. I'm not in a, in a position to judge. Um, okay. All right. I like the clutch play there. That's a really smart play. I like that a lot. Uh, all right, Joe, what do you got for me? For awards, future I've got two. Um, I have
5: an MVP bet. I like Scoot Henderson, by the way, for uh, Rookie of the Year as well. So I'll ditto that. But I do like Luka Doncic to win MVP at six to one. Um, I know that we saw a little bit of a downturn after the All Star break last season, but. I think it was still relatively insignificant. And I think that a lot of it had to do with the fact that the roster was just a dumpster fire. Um, And I think that what they did this offseason is really going to help optimize both Luka and Kyrie Irving. And honestly, it's like even if Kyrie misses, like that doesn't change my analysis for how I think of Luka. Like if anything, maybe he'll see uh, even more usage, which is kind of crazy to even say. Um, but I think that MVP is a little bit of a narrative award. And I know Matt, that's something that you obviously cover, uh, extensively, but I think after the back and forth between Jokic and Embiid over the last three seasons, I think that voters might be like, let's look somewhere else. Like, is there somebody else that we can give it to that's maybe not a center, um, and kind of can contribute in some of these advanced metrics in a comparable way. But I think it's always a little bit harder to kind of get there when you're not like when you're not Jokic, to be honest, but um, at the same time, Luca, he's top tier in EPM. Uh, he doesn't, he misses games every season, but he doesn't usually have issues meeting the 58 game requirement. Um, and he's second and he was second in vorp last year and he actually took more threes with Kyrie Irving on the roster so I I don't love it because of his efficiency um, but it does increase his raw scoring ceiling so I do like Luca to win the MVP at six to one you know he's somebody that we've talked about every year it seems like to win MVP and there's a big talk there's a lot of talk about him last year but I think that maybe this year with the way the the roster is constructed around him that this is going to be the year where he can really kind of make a push. And at six to one, I'll bite as a preseason number.
2: Okay. Have you bet this yet? Uh, I did. Okay. All right. Then I won't try and talk you out of it, but I will go ahead and list a case against. Um, Luca, when we did the MVP episode, we were both like, he fits all the categories, right? Yeah. He's amazing. He's awesome. He's respected by the voters. There's no narrative bent against him. Uh The stats are absolutely otherworldly. He's going to have extremely high usage, like all of the things he, he's in the age range. All of this stuff. Uh, I am scared shitless of this Mavs team to the point where I have downgraded them already. Two and a half wins, and I'm approaching three and a half on my downgrade from where I was at three weeks ago. Um, Yeah. I did not know that not only did they go to Abu Dhabi for the overseas games, by the way, uh, the two teams that went over there last year were the Wolves that went under, and the Milwaukee Bucks, that if they had not absolutely out-exceeded their Pythagorean by a million degrees in wins, would have gone under as well. um, As part of the ongoing, like, hey, if you go to the Middle East or further east of that the numbers since 2013 are absolutely horrifying it's about 15 9 and 1 to the under on those teams yeah not only that but i did not really catch this was that the mavericks then decided well we're already there let's just go through madrid and we'll do a whole game with Barcelona with with real madrid and barcelona let's do that that they lost and so they did that <laughs> and so they've been in, they've been over they've been in overseas now for two and a half weeks. And if you're like, Matt, why does this matter? I got on this a couple of years ago with the Warriors. The Warriors had to go, had to go to China for preseason. And they talked about like, we have not had like a normal training camp. like, Everything's messed up. We haven't had time for conditioning. We haven't slept well. you're doing media tours all day. There's all these events that they program in for you so you're not doing the things that the rest of the guys are doing like lifting weights and getting on the treadmill and getting treatment with trainers and instead you're getting crammed on buses and trains and planes and automobiles and going all over. Luca got injured in FIBA and has not looked a hundred percent in the preseason based off of that injury. He's coming in injured. For a guy who plays himself into less shape, according to the Mavericks fans, I trust in my life. I'm not saying that there is zero chance he's going to win. I am saying that, like, I I think that this is a bet that you can make later. Because I am very terrified that things could go disastrous for this team early on. This may look crazy. They may start 12-2. and I'm scared for you and your bet, Joe. (laughs)
5: Yeah, it it the being overseas didn't really bother me as much just because of the fact that Luca generally kind of spends most of his time there in the off season anyway. So I was thinking about it in terms of like comfortability. It's like he didn't have to come over here, you know, maybe as early. Uh get to spend a little bit more time in Europe um but I do I do understand some of the concerns, and I think that's the thing with MVP. It's one of those awards that you can kind of bet throughout the season. The market's always available; it's readily available, and there's good opportunities to buy in, like in or out at different points. So I felt at six to one, given where he was last season, at basically like plus three fifty. Um, and I, I just I like the roster construction. Uh, I like him obviously so that's kind of where i was at with it um the one other awards bet that i have is i like drew holiday to be first team all defense at plus 450 um he's been either first or second team all defense in five of the last six seasons and he had one year where he missed but he's been first team three seasons second team two seasons i think that this opportunity that he's going to have with Boston is going to be interesting. It's going to be a little bit dynamic. Uh, It's going to be a little bit different, right? So there's a little bit of talk of whether or not he's going to come off the bench, whether he's going to play, you know, whether he's going to start. I do think that at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether he starts or comes off the bench because he's going to still be playing a significant minutes load. And he's probably going to be closing these games for Boston. Um, we, everybody's talked about him as being a great stopper. Um, they've talked about what his defensive IQ. And I think just the fact that with these awards or like with these, you know, these like all teams, whatever, a lot of the times it's. About like obviously what they do on the floor, but I think a lot of it's about narrative. Um, I don't know. Like I think defense is also one of those things. that's very hard to quantify, um, especially on an individual level. So you're kind of looking at team defense and Boston's a little bit thinner. um, But I do think that the. The fact that he's going to be coupled probably with Derek White on the perimeter is going to be pretty significant because neither of them is necessarily going to have to take the top defensive assignment for an entire game. You're not going to see them get like cooked for the whole game. So I think at four plus 450, the number is just a little bit too long. And I know that they've made these all defense teams a little bit more positionless now, but I do still think the true holiday is a name um, that. Writers that voters are looking at, and they're saying, "Yeah, like Drew's great; like he's awesome at, def- at defense." So, uh, and he's probably going to be on a team that I think that Boston's defense maybe got a little bit worse um without Marcus Smart and without Robert Williams. Probably realistically, realistically more in particular. But you know, Robert Williams didn't play as much, and I think that Drew Holiday is a pretty accurate or a pretty good replacement for Marcus Smart overall for what Boston's going to probably try to do defensively.
3: One other interesting thing, too. I feel like speaking of narrative, I feel like those Bucks Celtics games are gonna have a lot of eyeballs, and we know that Drew can do some <laughs> some nasty stuff on Dame on on the defensive side. And if that's getting a lot of eyeballs and some marquee matchups, that might be the the little push he needs to to kind of defeat that, like you said, the the probably forward bias that's going to come into play um, this year for all defensive. For that's sure, really
2: smart. That's a really smart addition, uh, and it's a smart bet. As well, I like that bet a lot. He's, I think Drew is a player that we couldn't kind of get enough attention on Drew when he was in New Orleans, and it took a while. But now it's like everyone's like, "Oh man, Drew Holiday's awesome!" Yeah, and so it's kind of caught up, which is kind of funny because Jimmy sunned him in the in the playoffs. Like that was <laughs> yeah, so disturbing. Yeah. Um, but like again, it's Jimmy Butler, hard to blame a dude. Uh, and he's still awesome. So like, but like those bets, that's a great pack. Uh, that's Joe DeLera. You can find him on Twitter and in the African network app at Joe DeLera. Jim Turvey is at Turvey All right. We'll see what we've, else we've got from our contributors here as we continue our season awards. Best bets buckets is presented by bet. MGM use bonus code action when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets. If your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. Joining me right now is Sean Little. He's at Chicago Flow on Twitter and in the Action Network app. What's your season award future best bet
1: for me, Sean. Yeah, I'm going to go six man of the year and I'm going to go Malik Monk plus 1200 for the Kings. Now we've talked about this before, Matt, when you're looking for a six man of the year, you're looking for a guy that's going to be on a team that's going to be in the playoffs and a guy that comes off the bench and can score only four of the 19 of the last 19 six men of the year did not average 15 plus points. So you have to be on a good team that's coming off the bench and scoring Brogdon last year. Averaged fourteen point nine, he was right there at the cusp, but he was also on one of the best teams in the league in the Boston Celtics. So that's who I'm looking at for the sixth man. Going back all the way to 2005, Ben Gordon, as a non-guard, has only won the award twice. So Lamar Odom, 2011, Montrez Harrell in 2020. I like a guard on a team that should be in the playoffs that has an opportunity to score 15 points. I believe Malik. Monk crosses off all those boxes. That's who I like to come off the bench and win the six-man. Love it. That's a great bet.
2: You can find Sean on Twitter, at Chicago Flow, and in the Action Network app. All right, joining me now is Albert Wynn. He's the analytics capper. AC, I know you got some awards plays for me. I know you got some good ones for me for the season. What do you got? Yeah, Matt, we had a great season last season, and I actually learned a lot going through you know the awards week to week. Uh, we're very, very bullish on this guy. I'm going to continue to back him. I like Bam Adebayo to win a Defensive Player of the Year award at plus 1,000. Love it. Love that. Love that. I bet it every year, and every year I'm disappointed. I will say, for whatever reason, like they, there was a poll of best defender in the NBA amongst the GMs, and Bam didn't like Didn't receive a vote. It's really crazy. I'm trying to figure out why people do not think Bam is as good as he is. I've said it constantly. I think he's the best defender in the NBA. But if the Heat have like a dynamite season, I think you're absolutely right. Um, You in one of our episodes did say you like the Heat under. Does that impact how you feel about this at all? I, th- I think it does. Um, but I think from a defensive metric standpoint, BAM is going to gonna be up there with the leaders. And I think a lot of it is also the other candidates being saturated, right? We have Marcus Smart now joining Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, we still have Brooke Lopez and Giannis splitting votes, things mm. like that. So to me, I think it's either BAM or potentially Draymond has another landmark year in him. All right, that's the analytics capper who likes Bam Adebayo to win Defensive Player of the Year. Let's see what Brian Fatsaka's got for his awards future. Brian, who you like for the awards market?
4: I'll start off in what will be to you the obvious place. Uh, Bam Adebayo, Defensive Player of the Year. Um, he is the only player to be top five each of the last four years in voting. Um, it was a streak that Rudy Gobert had and Rudy Gobert was not anywhere near there last year because I think people just got tired of putting him in the top five and uh, we're down on what he did in Minnesota. I think uh, you, somebody who profiles as, look, they're all defense every year. They're top five in deep voting every year. They've almost won this award once or twice. You have to play this bet. He's at plus 900 right now. I don't know if he's actually going to get it because I still think there are a fair amount of voters who – look at, hey, he doesn't have the the steals and particularly the blocks as a center to get this, but he's a different kind of big. He's not, I mean, he could protect the rim, but he's not a, a Jaron Jackson Jr. type where he's going to block two, three shots a game. That's just not what he does. It's really the switchability versatility. And I think that the Heat, even though people are perhaps I think a little bit too low on what they could provide in the regular season. I think they're going to have an elite defense again, or at least a really good one. Eric's teams tend to do that regardless of who's out there. And if Bam is healthy and plays 65, 70, 70 plus games, which generally hasn't been a question outside of the one season after Team USA, but everybody got hurt. That was on Team USA that year, pretty much. Um, he's been healthy. So I like this bet a lot. I think it's realistic. I felt better about it. I would have felt better about it if they had Damian Lillard because I think Damian Lillard was sort of the piece that would have helped Bam get this award, among other things. But I think that they'll be good enough and he'll be good enough to actually get this to happen because people have noticed him enough to vote for him. He just hasn't been first place. And I think this is a year where I'm looking at the Defense Player of the Year voting, who it could be. And I think this is a year he could actually break through and win one.
2: I bet him every year. (laughs) I might bet him again. (laughs) He's the best defensive player in the league. Uh, Here's the problem. I think the best argument I can make against it is he got one first place vote last year. Mm. Um, When I talk to people around the league and I talk about like, I I, like I make the case for him. I'm like, look, he's incredible. He's he switches and then he recovers. He makes multiple plays that are so smart. He, He 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 never gets beat on baseline angles and like all these types of things. And. There there still is this perception amongst league personnel and those people influence voters like some voters are not people that do their own film work. And that's okay. They're too busy. They have other things that they do with their jobs. And so they rely on talking to people in the league. And the conversation in the league is not about how good Bam Adebayo. They're like, he's good for sure. Really good player. But it's it's never like he is this elite defensive player. I think that's wrong. But we, I talk about this all the time with Brandon, where you can't, you cannot bet on things based off of what you think is. You have to bet off of what you think will happen. And the challenge with Bam is that he just consistently is underrated because of the rebounds and blocks. And I will say this: a lot of what Bam does is stuff that is very hard to definitively say he did that. If you block someone's shot, you're able to say like he he, he turned that shot into a miss. Versus with Bam, it's like if you like, wow, he made five really great rotations on that play, and you could be like, yeah, but they should have shot it, or yeah, but this, you know, you can make all these these. Ex- it doesn't feel the same, honestly. I think I only think he needs the blocks, Brian. I just think he needs a rebound. I think if he averaged eleven rebounds a game, that'd probably get him there. But Well, if he didn't switch as much as he did, he probably does, would do it. <laughs> th- that's the problem, right? Is If you switch, you can't do this. The other thing I will say is the switch defense kind of has fallen off the last couple of years. I've talked a little bit about this on podcasts that teams are getting much better at attacking switches. Um Agreed. Essentially, yeah. whether it's with um, a slip out of the pick or just other mechanisms, it's just the numbers back it up that efficiency versus switch is declining or is increasing rather rather than a couple of years ago when it was, it literally was, Oh, can you, can your team switch? Oh, congrats. You have a top five defense. That's the That's what you needed. We're also seeing a lot more teams go double big in part because of where the personnel is at. And then part, because a lot of teams are like, Hey, we have to have somebody for Joel Embiid or we have to have somebody for Nikola Jokic. And those are situations where Bam struggles because he's not like his whole thing is versatility. So when he's matched now, I will say, like, go look up the uh, head-to-head record of Bam Adebayo versus Joel Embiid because it's good. Spoiler alert: it's really good. But in general, I, I think that these are the kind of things that limit him. I don't mind it just because, like, look, he, you mentioned top five in the award. He, he could. It would be nice if, if for one year, whether it's EPM, wind shares something that things broke his way for the advanced metrics to show up for him. He needs something in his corner rather than. And this is one of the problems with defensive metrics is that the stuff that defensive metrics are geared to try and capture, their limitations are most evident in the fact that they never show Bama to Bio at the top. Because if if you're accurately assessing the things that you're trying to assess with impact, Bama to Bio should be at the top. So I agree with you, like, hey, on the on the bet, but I don't know if I'm going to bet it just because I'm so tired of being burned. But maybe this will be the year that I don't bet and he finally wins. And honestly, I would take that because Bamadibio
4: deserves one. Um, what else you got for me for awards? All awards are narrative awards because they're voted on. I tell people this all the time. I don't. I don't know. I. I I wouldn't pick this person because I think he's going to warrant the award necessarily. But I think uh, I think Austin Reeves, for most improved player, plus 1,400 is a very interesting bet. Because I think there will be a lot of people who want to see that happen. Man. And uh, it's the Lakers. It's, uh, it's a team that's going to win, I don't know how many games, 48, 50. They'll maybe be one of the top four teams in the Western Conference. We'll see um but i'm thinking about like what is going to be if he has a season where he jumps to let's say 18 5 and 6 and lebron is again deferring to him at key points of games not because lebron just doesn't want to do something but because he trusts austin reeves and you know he has some big moments throughout the year for a team in a huge market i just think it's all there to sort of sway the voters in a certain direction and be like hey Austin Reeves, who, by the way, enters the season as one of the four or five uh, guys with the shortest odds in this category, because I think there's going to be a push for him to win the award if he just takes a jump, right? I don't think he needs to overcompensate in the way that some other guys do because they're on different teams or not on a great team or whatever. So I think this is a more narrative case where I think Austin Reeves could swing the voters in a certain direction. Uh if he just has a big season this year, I don't know if he i I don't know how much more how much better he can get, but I, I do think there's a leap there, given what we saw at least in the playoffs last year, and LeBron sort of deferring to him at key moments and the Lakers just allowing him to just sort of create some offense, which I thought you know was generally successful uh at times when he did it. There's like three different
2: hornets' nests on this tree that you just chucked a rock at. Like, you just decided to chuck, like, a rocket. There's just, like, a bunch of hornets' nests in here. Uh, You know, Brandon and I did the MIP award, and we have all these statistical qualifiers for guys who typically win the award. Um, But one of the guiding posts that I've always said is, wait for the all-star returns. And if there's a guy that's going to be his first-time all-star, that's a very good place to start for most improved player. Those are voted on by fans. And the Lakers guys always pop up on those. So like, look, if it's like Austin Reese is having a really good season and his numbers are really good and the Lakers are really good. And he's the third best player on a team that's on pace to win 49, 50 games. And he's a first time all-star because the Lakers are extremely popular. That's a very good case, especially if there's not a breakout if there isn't a player that's like one of the other ones that we've talked about where they make this monumental leap, like I love Desmond Bain for it. Right. And I'll be real with you. Like Austin Reeves is a really good player. Desmond Bain's a much better one. Like Desmond Bain's a much better player than Austin Reeves. Agree. But like, who's more likely to be an all-star this season? It's Austin Reeves. Cause he plays for the <laughs> Lakers. Right. And so if, if you get more attention, that helps with this award. Like a lot of this award MVP, I honestly think isn't an attention award. I think MIP is. It's, do you, are you warranting a lot of attention? And Austin Reeves is a player that definitely sets up this way. Uh, what's the number on this again? Plus 1,400. That's good. That's a good number. That's a great bet, Brian. That's really good. Uh, all right. That's going to wrap it up for Buckets. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys being with us. We'll be back tomorrow as we wrap up with conference and title futures. We'll do that tomorrow. My thanks to David Payne, our producer, as well as our crack crew. With Hutton Jackson leading up the video squad, putting these te- these things up on the old YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash the Action Network to learn more. Make sure to download the Action Network app. We'll see you tomorrow. Till then, let's get Buckets.